This is Power Players with Dan Clark. Hi, Stan. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark. One of the joys in my life as a public speaker traveling the world is to meet individuals from my audience who are actually bigger superstars, bigger names in the coaching space and the speaking space than perhaps I am as a keynote speaker. And a few years ago, I'm speaking at a uh, pretty large event in Phoenix, Arizona, where I met this gentleman and I watched from afar and people, I almost felt like I was in Asia. If you've ever watched how the Japanese honor their mentors, honor their gurus, they kind of stand at at afar and they kind of bow in, in reverence, not to that degree, but I watched how people listened to what Keith Yaki said. I watched how they illuminated through their nonverbal communication this sense of love and admiration. And obviously I was intrigued by who is this guy? And why wasn't he sharing the same platform that I was? And we hit it off, became instantaneous friends. And I know you've seen him surfing with Garrett White on the great the the great waves of Southern California or perhaps in Central America. You've perhaps seen him share the stage with music superstar Pitbull or the stage with Tony Robbins. That he's great friends with Gary Vee and the list goes on and on because of his lifelong journey in becoming the best version of himself. Keith Yackey is more than a friend, he's a mentor, he's a guide. He's a buddy, and he's always pushing himself to the limit. If not being a great and successful real estate investor is not enough. He decides, I want to push myself and learn stand-up comedy. And so I've supported him in three occasions where I've been in the audience as a a critic. Come on, baby, you got to pull this off, man. Being a stand-up comedian is tougher than being a professional speaker. And he nailed it so naturally funny, so polished. And every time I'm around him, (coughs) I always kind of wince because I know it's gonna lower my self-esteem. He's just one of those guys, if I could write a song about him, it'd be, you know, called Stud Muffin Hunk of Burning Love. I don't know what rhymes with that. Keith Yaki, incredible human being. Welcome to podcast, Clark. Power players with Dan Clark, and you epitomize what that title really means. Everybody goes, what's a power player? What's a power player? Ladies and gentlemen, strap it on, baby, because you're going to finally meet one and hear his wisdom. Ah. Keith Yaki, baby, welcome to my show. Oh, Dan Clark, man. Thank you for all those amazing words. And, um, dude, we have had a lot of very fun moments together, uh, and you bring a lot of joy to my soul. Uh, I, I'm gonna let's let me just take one half a second here to say you know at that Arizona thing I remember you getting up and basically summarizing the golden nugget and weave the golden thread through every speaker's speech in Arizona when you got up at the very end and and it was just like what, what did we just witness man so uh huge respect for you and I have so much fun when we're around and uh, I giggle a lot with you and so I appreciate you so much so let's cut right to the chase as I as I you know 
is I hopefully meticulously iterated in that quick personal discussion that asks the formal recorded introduction. You're on a constant journey to be better today than you were yesterday. You're in the gym, you have a chiseled body. You, you work on your mindset, you're working on your personal relationship where your wife left you five years ago and you didn't just throw in the hat, you basically battled back for her affection, battled back for her attention. More importantly, battled back for her respect and admiration and you know how much I love and adore your wife and, 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 and your daughter. It's just an amazing package. But I want to go beyond that, before that. And let's just take us back to how you grew up and created this curiosity to become a real estate investor, wherein you, as you learned, ladies and gentlemen, his first two years, he just knocked it right out of the park. Take us to your youth and how you became courageous enough to take a step, invest in yourself so you could understand the principles of real estate investing, how you became successful, and then how you decided to create a mission to teach all of us who are curious about the same thing, the practical application and tools required to also invest in real estate. Well, here's the thing. that This is this is, I believe, how almost every story has happened for any power player you have on this show, including yourself. And what has become my superpower, which is curiosity. And, and, and this, this, I've got to ask a lot of questions. I want to know more about that. Tell me about that. What did you feel? How did I get the, I, I was that way since I was a kid and I was made fun of for being that way by adults. Like, hey, Keith, you ask so many questions. Can you just kind of shut up? And I, and I, I started like, mm, Keith, you talk too much. You're asking too many questions. You're telling too many stories. Hey, hey, you're distracting the kids around you. And, and it's, uh, you know, as a kid, I was kind of the class clown. I'm like, well, this is pretty boring. Let's create some fun out of this. So I've kind of always had that curiosity and it was pushed down to the point where when I was at a point in my life, working construction, my, and I'm like, this is not where I wanted to be in life at this point in my life, which was around 27 or so. And I don't care what anybody says now. I'm going to speak up and I'm going to get curious. And that is why I invested myself to hire a mentor. And it was, dude, I didn't even have the money. I literally borrowed it from my sister to say, hey, do you trust me that if I do this, I'll succeed? She goes, yes, your word means a lot to me go for it. And I went and that's when I went and flipped 200, um, 200 properties in that first couple of years, went on to raise millions and millions of dollars, then turned around and taught it and all that stuff. But it was the same curiosity when I did all that and made a bunch of money and was successful in people's eyes, I still found myself radically unfulfilled. And then went through my situation five and a half years ago where my beloved wife basically says, you run your business, you come home and talk about your business and you fall asleep on the couch. That is not what we signed up for. I've asked you to change and you wouldn't and didn't. Your daughter and I are now gonna help you move into our dream home, but we're not staying. And the curiosity was like, okay, why am I in this situation again? Now I got to speak up. I went and hired three coaches. How do I get her back? Developed that, got her back, went through this deep, dark tunnel of hell, figured and climbed my way out of it again through curiosity 
created this beautiful relationship that you get to experience and see with us and the world gets to see now. And the curiosity is like, well, how come nobody taught me this? And even the coaches I did learn it from, I didn't really believe they went through it. Why don't I actually turn back to the world and say, hey, you've learned real estate, that's fine. And that's great. But I wanna share you if this, if you're struggling with this problem, which I've discovered since then is like 85% of dudes aren't happy with the quality or quantity of the intimacy within their relationship. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually know the answer to that. I have to share it with the world. Let's get curious about this. So I think curiosity has always been the drive. It still leads me to this day and go, how far can I take this thing? I'm kind of curious. That's so brilliant. And of all the folks that we both know, I think you epitomize the whole man, the real man. And with all due respect to everybody's own body image and, and insecurities about certain things about us, I wanna use you as the poster child for a moment, Keith, because from a distance and from the inside out, you know, as one of your inner circle friends, let's just talk about respect, you know, beginning with self-respect, but getting that admiration or respect from others, may I be so bold to, to contrast you in your current state with someone who's not in your current state, meaning we all know people who have made a lot of money, but they're just out of shape, obese slobs, and their personal relationships suck. And we know a lot of folks who are just gym rats, they are so buff and so carved and they spend so much time in the gym but they're freaking broke and their personal relationships suck and then we know those who have just beautiful families and we have to honor that no other success can compensate for failure in the home and we know those who are very spiritual may i point out something that you and i agree on that religion is for those who are afraid to go to hell spirituality is for those of us who have already been there, but there's that there's that spiritual piece that we also have to throw into the into the into the pie. We know people who are spiritual beings who have focused in on what matters most, which is what lasts the longest, our families, but they're broke yeah. and they're obese out of shape. And I can't respect someone who does not focus in to do the best that they know how to do to become the whole person the mind, the spirit, and the body constitute the soul of humanity. And one without the other is really dead. I know too many guys driving Lambos and have three houses and they have no one to share it with. And you've been in that situation and we all have been in that similar situation. So let's just talk about being the whole person. We are, we are not financial economic beings if that was the case all we would do is focus on making money we are whole human beings we seek trust we seek empowerment we seek empathy and compassion and real love and companionship and all the things that we know are the good clean pure powerful positive goals in life and yet too many times especially entrepreneurs we become shackled we become married to our business and let everything else fall apart you know, quoting a biblical uh, point, which we all understand, is too many of us gain the whole world and sell our soul. Yeah. And having been 
you know, on the fringe of that or in, immersed in that situation, with all due respect to every listener who's not a full human being right now, who's not the complete physical, mental, spiritual, social, emotional, financial, family, fun and recreation, charitable giving individual, someone who's not completely balanced in all nine aspects of life. Take us back, bro. How did you start? Where did you start with your journey of self-respect? Did you start in the gym with your body? Was that the easiest thing to fix? Did you start with your mind? Did you read? Or did you go right to the spiritual side? Or did you go right to the, I love you, I'm so sorry, I've been a bonehead. Take me back and I'm gonna work on this together. Take us back to step one, baby, because as I promised, ladies and gentlemen, Keith Yaki has been there, done that, and would wear the t-shirt, but he can't find a small enough t-shirt to make him look more buff than he really is. Hey, Dan, you're really eloquent. You should start writing books. <laughs> you're such a piece, man. You're such a piece. Take us back, bro. You're my hero. You're our guru. All right, listen. Well, every one of those aspects is a continual journey. And what I'm about ready to say might shock you a little bit, but it's actually the truth. I feel like up until almost exactly a year ago, um, I lacked true, real love and respect and belief in myself. And that might sound crazy because as you mentioned, I've done a lot of, I've accomplished a lot of cool things, taken on new tasks like stand-up comedy and, and went and got to perform with good headliners and, and, and had a great time and nobody thought I was the worst comic and it was just a good time. But it happened on October 3rd of last year. I was sitting with my creator. I, I, I sit with my creator once a week for three hours on Sunday night from six to nine. And I got this download that said, Keith, you, you, you've kind of gotten sloppy, man. You, you, you're a little loose around the edges. You, you, your body isn't as tight as you think it is. Your, your business isn't running as smoothly as it ought to. Uh, your marriage is amazing compared to a lot of other people, but you know there's room to grow in that as well. And ultimately the download was, you need to pick up that discipline regimen that you followed back a while ago that got you to yourself, and it was 75 hard. And I go, and, and, and I, I didn't want to do it. And I thought, oh man, that is so much restriction. That is so much discipline. Do I really need that? But I looked at my condition and I thought to myself, you're under indexing. And I thought I was gonna have to focus on the business because that's where I knew there was so much opportunity that I wasn't capitalizing on because of um, lack of discipline or the lack of level of discipline. I knew that I could take this thing to. And so I started 75 hard on October 4th and I did it. Uh, I literally complete the year in the next couple of weeks. I've done the entire program the entire year. And what I discovered about 30 days into the program was, oh my gosh, keeping my word to myself is the only thing that actually makes me feel like I'm an empowered human being. Nothing else did. Not having the beautiful wife that truly loved me, not having amazing friends like you who I could call at the drop of a hand, go, hey, I'm working through this, what do you think? I've got the best of friends. Uh, I have a business that has uh, pumped out profit. There's things that have happened, but I just went, oh my gosh, I didn't do any of that for me. I did it for everybody else. Uh-oh, uh-oh, that is a shaky, ground 
I need to find out what I'm capable enough, capable of for me. And so when I went and did 75 hard, I went in and I said, I'm going all in on me. I'm not gonna watch any sports. I'm not gonna watch, I don't care about the statistics of any other man because I don't even know the statistics of me. And so I had to get to that point and I know the exact day that I fell back in love with me truly. And I said it to myself in the mirror for the first time ever in my entire life. And it was uh, on the 25th, October 25th in Las Vegas, we had performed that night and it, it went really, really well. And I got up the next morning to do an outdoor or to go to a workout and they wanted me to put a, a mask on. I said, I'm not going to do that. No big deal. So I decided I'll go take it outside. The problem with going and running outside at Las Vegas at 6 a.m. that morning was it was 38 degrees and all I had on was my little tennis shorts and like a Lululemon top. <laughs> but my mind at that point said, it doesn't matter. I started running. I'm literally in front of the Bellagio, Dan. And there's these three homeless dudes and they go, Damn, it's freezing out here. You crazy, man. And I turned to them and I promise you this is not made up. I said, it's not cold in here. Awesome. And I kept running. I got back to the hotel run, hotel room after that run. I get out of the shower and I look in the mirror and I look myself dead in the eyes and I said, I love you, I trust you, and I believe you. And I meant it for the first time in my life and it's because I had proof for three or four weeks that whatever I said I was gonna do, big or small, did not matter. I did it without compromise no matter what cost I had to pay sometimes getting up at 6 a.m. after a, sh a late show in Vegas because I knew I had to get it on because I had to fly and I had to like I had to get calculable about everything and take full responsibility and when I did it and nothing would stop me I didn't give in to any of the we call it the lesser voice as opposed to the greater voice I felt I've, I, I respected myself again that's when I truly realized none of this stuff that everybody thinks is cool about me that is cool but it's actually not i actually fell in love with me and started to trust my voice more than anybody else's whatever your opinion is is great but it's almost radically irrelevant to what mine is right now because i now trust myself so it's a journey all of those areas have been a radical journey for me but none more important than this last year of actually my wife says, whatever you say, I know will come to pass. And I know if you tell me you're going to do something, I can bank on it because you don't miss. Integrity first. Nothing else matters if we don't get integrity first. You just reminded me of something. You know, we get so caught up in people in our lives who say, oh, you have so much potential. You have so much potential. We've heard it our whole lives. What they're basically saying is, you lazy freaking butt. Why don't you get up and go do something, you know? We have to remind ourselves that no one can exceed his or her potential. We just misjudge it. Yeah. And we've all quoted Dr. You know, Jim Rohn. We become the average of the five people we associate with the most. So take us into the journey where you actually had to escape those who tried to judge you or hold you back and get you to live small 
instead of living large and finding not your potential, but I love the new word capacity. Yeah. You know, if you look at a glass that's half empty or half full, and you wonder if it's half empty or half full, you miss the point, it's refillable. You know, thinking positive or thinking negative doesn't fill up the glass the pouring does. It's easier to act your way into positive thinking than it is to think your way into positive action. So when you shifted your mindset, Keith, from reaching your potential or even wondering what it is to realizing you have this capacity that you were born to fulfill, the full measure of your existence, did you have to escape current friendships, current relationships, current environments? Or did you just use, you know, uh, the the, the program, teach us a little bit about 75, as we call it, 75. Teach us a little bit about the inside mindset and regimen of of 75 with the belief that it spills over into every aspect of our lives because of what you said. It disciplines you in one mindset, which affects discipline across the board. Teach us about 75. Okay, so listen, I could, I can't, I can't say enough good things about what 75 Hard did to my life, and how it reframed my brain, and how it sharpened my axe to where I'm laser razor sharp. But here's the interesting thing: I thought that 75 Hard was going to make me a more disciplined businessman, and I was like, okay, I'm willing to submit to that because there's financial goals I want to. Now, my my like my four horsemen, like the true four best friends of mine, all make. 10 to 20 or 30x of what I make and I actually make a a lot of money and I'm like and I know these guys so well and I'm like they are knuckleheads just like me and the only difference the only difference was their willingness to commit to a protocol a process a regimen a voluntary curriculum of discipline that i was not willing to commit to so i thought okay i'm gonna use i became mentally sharp when i did 75 hard three years ago it's actually what moved me back out to california where i happened to start surfing with gary j white who became my best friend that all happened. I'm watching him closely. I'm watching Dan Martell closely. I'm watching Taylor Welch closely. I'm watching Pete Vargas closely. I'm watching these men extremely closely. And I go, oh, wait, they have discipline. I don't. So when I did 75 hard, which is the only thing I knew how to have discipline was, but I said, I'm not doing it for Instagram. I'm not doing it. I'm not telling anybody this time. This isn't a, hey, guys, look at me. This is a, hey, you, you look at you. You get serious about you. You are 43. No, I was 42 and you are not where you know you could be deep in the resonance of your, like deep in the, like the crevices of your soul. You know, there's more and you're selling yourself short. So I thought, okay, I need to double down on my business discipline. Know my numbers, do ba 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 ba. That is not what 75 hard actually taught me. 75 hard taught me belief in myself that whenever it was about me, it was not about anything else. And so it like my business, coach a long time ago said Keith you don't have a business problem you have a personal problem showing up in your business because you're the guy running your business and I was like okay so it became abundantly clear when I smashed 75 hard and then the next phase was 30 days um, after that it added more stuff then you take 30 days off and then you do another 30 days of craziness and then after that you have the year to stay disciplined but now it's the last 30 days and it's got even more craziness on top of it random acts of kindness and all this craziness on top of what you already learned and the mentality that I learned from all of it and this is what 
changed everything for me in my life. And it's why I speak with such um, uh, conviction, almost deep religious conviction at this point. And it's this, it's simply this. If I say I'm gonna do something, you will have to kill me to not finish it. And I knew that and I believed that on day 12 of the second phase, when I threw my back out doing deadlifts with a uh, friend of mine who likes to lift heavy, I said, ah, I can do that. I went, hurt my back. And when I came home and I could barely walk, I said, I will crawl on my hands and knees in my yard on the grass to get these workouts in. You will not stop me from completing what I promised myself I would complete. And what I interestingly, interestingly found out was, oh my gosh, if you submit to the process, let the process shape you and don't judge yourself for not wanting to do the process but get curious as to why so that's what happened i came out of this realizing i am not kind of capable i'm exceedingly capable and if i say i'm going to do something pick a plan pick a process and submit to it as if there is no emotion around it because there isn't. And so that's what happened to me. That's what 75 Guard did to me. And so across my entire life, I go, oh, I'm gonna do this, 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 this. Oh wait, I can't say if I'm gonna do it yet. Hold on, let me look at my schedule. I gotta find out where I'm gonna fit it in. So literally this last 30 days of the program, I walked through every single day in the future, I future paced every single day and said, where am I going to fit all of these activities in on this thing? So that way I can take, say for sure, and just a double check, I already said I was gonna do it, but all right, let's plan it so that there is no misstep, there is no miscue. You will not say on, uh, dude, I was two days away. That will not be me. I will say on the very last day, I did the entire Live Hard program. That is a man you can't stop and therefore that's a man who is very bold about if anybody's dragging him down or bringing energy around him he goes hey guys listen that's not welcome here and it happens in my company from time to time oh yeah and i, I go whoa 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 is that an excuse what, what what are you what are you saying why weren't you able to accomplish that? i need to know what the reason was and by the time we work through it they just go yeah you're right my bad that's that that's that that was there was no reason for that excuse to be an excuse dude it changed it's changed everything and everyone around me i love it so let's pause for a moment and uh encapsulate what we've learned if you want to take yourself to the next level be the best version of yourself you begin with curiosity you be you add to that discipline you add to that personal integrity and the results are mutual respect and support, admiration, and the ultimate explanation of that law of attraction. We must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings, but here's the challenge. In order to attract extraordinary human beings, Keith reminds us we must first be an extraordinary human being. So here's the question I'm sure a lot of our listeners or viewers today are asking Keith. So, you had the privilege and the option of having some pretty high-level, already disciplined, curious friends and associates in Pete Vargas and our mutual friend and Garrett White. We go way, way back, maybe before you even met him. I, I knew this kid who became this incredible human being, man. And I'm sure some people are going, okay, but right now I'm, sur I'm surrounded with a bunch of losers. What do I do? How do I break away? 
You know, I'm, I want to be positive in the office, but I'm surrounded by negative. I want to be positive in my family, but I'm surrounded with dysfunction. Give us a little insight, maybe an intuitive gut response to this question, bro. How do you find the courage to break away and find those gurus, find those positive influences, move to Southern California so you can be surrounded with these individuals whom you don't just have to listen to, but you actually get to watch, who will inspire you and maybe even encourage you as an accountability partner. Hey, Keith, we're going to the gym this morning at six. You want to join us? And you're like, oh my gosh, this is somebody I, I have admired, I love, I respect. I can't say no. And you limp into the backseat of their car and come home a new transformed man. What do we do to find, no, what do we do to break loose of the, of, the, of the ball and chain that so many of us are experiencing in personal and professional relationships right now to create this new life of curiosity, discipline, and integrity that you share so eloquently? Well, I, I think it all starts, I think everything starts with a decision. And, and I know that sounds like, oh wow, really? That's, that's your answer? You want my intuitive answer? This is what it is. The decision has to be first. I will find this or die trying. Because if you don't have that energy in what you put into it, then then you'll be like, I went here and it wasn't that good, and I went here, so I might as well just curl back in my ball. No, 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 that does not work. That will not work. It, 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 it will work, but it will work so little that you won't do it. You have to decide, all right, I understand that I will only live, in, in, I gotta pause here, dude, I think the, 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 the saddest thing about our society right now is we're so individualistic and we're so isolated from one another. Even before whatever happened, it, it, we, we have our home, we barely know our neighbor. We, we all have our individually. So what that has created is the ability to not actually be accountable to anybody in reality. Because I can go to my house and hide and I can order food and can be dropped off on my doorstep, whatever, whatever. So we that tribal mentality that we used to have what has happened now is we are now starting to say that what is our features are actually our flaws. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you three of them that are absolute features that are being sold as flaws and people are buying it. Number one, competition. Number two, comparison. Number three, shame. These are features built into men to make them better. So, do I compete with my best friends? Why do I know that they make more money than me? Do I compete? You gosh darn right I compete. And I'll tell you why men should compete with one another. It makes us both better. The second string quarterback is getting as much reps and as much work as he can because he knows he's one broken uh, kneecap away or one three game bad streak away from you it's your chance brother you don't get to decide the morning they pick you you have to pick yourself way before that so what happens is this competition hey you're making 25 million you're making 35 million you did 90 million oh my gosh okay well um i'm making about a tenth of that so I compete because I know I'm capable because these guys are capable, but I see it with my eyes. That is a feature. 
The next feature, comparison. People go, comparison is a thief of joy. If you're a weak human being, comparison brings me joy because I go, whoa, if you can do that, and I know how silly you are, I can do that. I want to compare. I want to contrast because it makes me better. And for the human species, we need this because we haven't always lived in a Nerf world. We haven't always lived in beautiful little man caves and podcast studios. We used to actually have to say, hey, keep an eye out that way. We've seen a grizzly bear over there. We would hate for him to come in and use us as lunch. And so they actually had to, there was, there was a, an alertness. They had to be better. So they were comparing, wait, you can run a four minute mile and I can only run a six minute mile. That's gonna be a real problem if I'm out on the battlefield. So a lot of people are hoping to get on the team. Very few men say, I have to be captain. This is the energy that, it, it, these are features, not flaws. The, the shame, you should feel shame that if you step into a tribe and that tribe is depending on you to defend us as a tribe and hunt for us for food, if you show up to camp 40 pounds overweight, you can't run, you can't hunt, you can't defect, you now are a liability. You should feel so much shame over that. And we don't have to say anything. We can look at you and go, what the ever loving hockey puck happened to you? You are now a liability. We're dragging you. And that is unacceptable. So you have to be around you. So you have to say, I'm deciding to find men like that so that I can now open my soul, bear up and go, I got some deficiencies, but you guys know how to fix them. And I don't care if I'm embarrassed about them because I'm supposed to be embarrassed about them. So I actually go take care of it. I love you, man. That is the most profound wisdom I've heard on my podcast in history. I listen to so many podcasts. We have mutual friends who are podcasters. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to rewind that. You need to share this podcast with everyone. That was so amazing. In fact, you should create a little booklet and stick it out there. Just that's, that's unbelievable. Well, this is the stuff I teach at Married Game to yeah. all of my men. And this is literally because of what I have here in Dana Point with Jeremy and Sammy and Parker and, and Garrett. And, and we've got this little enclave of guys that I surf with or hang out with or see. And frankly, all my friends fly in because I live in paradise. Yep. So I got Taylor coming out for a week and a week. And I've got yeah. Dan coming out for a week and like a month. And, and, and so we spend a lot of time watching each other. Things that are caught are way more powerful than things that are taught. I love it. And so literally I said, okay, I, cre I, I created this man cave. It is beautiful. I can't wait for you to come down while I have yep. a call the guitar to yep. drum some songs, but we play pool. We have, we have a blast in here. And I created this thing called the Ascend Brotherhood. It's not a mastermind. It's brothers that are saying, I want to be held accountable. I'm tired of buying my own BS and I'm tired of trying to sell it to you. And I want to be around guys that won't buy it. They just won't buy it. They just go, if you want to think that way, you don't get to hang with us because we don't allow that in our circle. And so the only way you will be ever be let in is because you have built yourself by simply starting with this. Do everything you say when you say you're going to do it. Did you say you tell your wife you're going to take the trash out? She doesn't want to hear you come back and go, oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. She doesn't want to hear that. She's tired of hearing that because now she thinks she's your mom and she no mom wants to have sex with their kids so <laughs> we'll live we'll end on that note hey bro we're at the we're at the end put you on the hot seat uh i want episode two promise public promise you'll come back on 
And I'm definitely coming to Dana Point. I'm, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, two things at the end. How, how do we join your tribe? How do we find out about your coaching programs, your amazing programs? But before you uh, end on that last note, the, the, the hot seat, what would you drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free? And then the tip of the spear, the real question that I think quantifies and answers what is a power player, personal power, as you've taught us. If you had one hour to live, Keith, what would you say? What is your quantified message? Not what would you do? What would you say to the world in your last lecture? Okay, it's the same thing I would drive. It, the, the sentence would be the same thing I would drive five hours for, and I would love to expand it for an hour. And it would be, I would probably take the position of telling this to my sons. And it would be this. This world has told you what they think you can become and I want you to become radically uninterested in their opinion. And I want you to do one thing and promise me that you'll do this the rest of your life and that is do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it without fail because there is no other way to truly, truly feel power from within. Everything else is built on external validation from others and it is a sand trap and you will eventually sink in it no matter how beautiful the castle you think it is it will all be made out of sand and i'm begging you sons i'm begging you to learn to trust you because you have the proof by doing everything you say if you can do that there is not a man in the world that could ever conquer you inside your brain and conquer you in your soul and if you follow that advice no one can stop you. The capacity is unlimited, and you will conquer things that you never thought conquerable because these are skills and traits, not characteristics or personalities you were born with. Interesting how some of my favorite people hanging out with are Navy SEALs, special operators. Been downrange eight times in Iraq, Afghanistan, hanging out with these superstars who have ordinary miracles. They just do what Keith has been talking about as an ordinary state of affairs, a mindset, a military mindset. And yet Keith, having never served in the military, understands these universal truths that all of us need to subscribe to, especially if you want to be a real man, which is one of your favorite passions on this planet. You remind me of three quotes before I let you share how we join your tribe. Number one, an armored up warrior never has to get ready, stays ready. Keith Yaki. Under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to your level of training. That's why we train and practice and prepare so hard. Keith Yaki. It's not enough to say I will do my best. We must succeed in doing that which is necessary. Keith Yaki, my brother, my mentor, my friend. I love you, bro. I honor you. I admire you. How can we invite multitudes of us men in search of the real heroes, the real warrior men that we need in our life as examples? How can we join your tribe? How can we follow you? How can we keep in touch? To, 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 to be up in my world, the best place would probably be to follow me on Instagram. 
like to just I share more personal moments in the stories and things about my family, my kids, my wife, or whatever. But everything else, and the only thing I do, the only thing, and literally, I have given away businesses, sold things, to clear my entire energy on one thing, and that's MarriedGame.com. And, 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 and our tagline is I teach guys how to get their wives to actually want to be with them again in the bedroom. But it's what that's that's the the fruit. Every man wants to feel wanted by his woman. Every man wants to feel desired. He doesn't want to have to beg to be wanted and loved. He wants to be honored, respected and appreciated. And while that is the fruit and that's what every guy is like, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. To get that fruit, you have to become a certain type of guy. A tree doesn't go, man, I really hope I can have, I can get apples one day. No, an apple tree is like, I'm an apple tree, mofo. This is what I do. I, I, I sprout apples. You feed, you know, you put water and sunshine, which is what we get to do. We get to water and sunshine ourselves. So if you go to marriedgame.com, that's the specific focus is how do you get this thing back in your life? But the answer and the coaching and the training and the curriculum is all based off you becoming the most attractive version of you for you for nobody else and so that's where they can go marygame.com or follow me at, at keith yaki on instagram and there's just all sorts of craziness there ladies and gentlemen keith yaki y-a-c-k-e-y uh synonymous with real man real men want to be around you want to be with you thanks so much for your friendship thanks so much for this time and we'll definitely have episode two or three to extract his, uh, his ongoing, never-ending wisdom. Uh, this is Dan Clark, Power Players, and you just heard one of the most powerful players on our planet. Thanks, good brother. I love you, and I can't wait to see you belly to belly in Dana Point. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure and honor to be your friend. Absolutely, brother. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.